and welcome to a Monday, July 19th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Bruce Hooley with you. Glad to have you along. Appreciate your time and listening to the podcast, particularly if you subscribe. Love it if you tell your friends about the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Send us an email. Let us know what you think of our content. And we will soon have no trouble finding content as football season is right around the corner. Big Ten kickoff luncheon this week in Chicago. And the SEC media days are happening all week down in SEC country. So that is going to be good as uh, it's frankly a struggle to find some things that are interesting to talk about. But not today because we've got the Open Championship or the British Open. Which is it? Is it a big deal? Silly what we argue about, but that is apparently a thing as we uh, transition from Open Championship and the final major of the season for golf into football. I want to thank you again for listening. I'd really thank you if you patronize my friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, interesting story about out there today about whether or not some uh, coffee companies are what they say they are. There's no doubt that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is exactly what they say they are. Good people doing good around the world. They combine their business, coffee, with their ministry, helping people in uh, countries around the world. You get the best coffee, Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, Indonesia, and those growers are empowered and able to help their local communities' economies and in almost all cases uh, further the ministry of the gospel around the world. I've told you before that their uh, Indonesian grower has planted 50 churches. Now, don't think of a church as like a big building. A church is like he's financing guys who go out into remote areas, and the church is probably a house church, but still spreading the gospel so it's doing great things, and hey, the coffee is second to none. So use the promo code We Tackle Life, We Tackle Life in all caps. When you order at hemisphericoffeeroasters.com, you'll get 15% off your order, and you'll have the peace of mind, the gratification of knowing you've done great things around the world uh, for the glory of the kingdom of God. All right, Open Championship goes to Colin Marikawa. British Open goes to Colin Morikawa. There are people trying to make a thing out of Colin Morikawa's acceptance speech after the Open, where he said, I'm biased as an American, something about golf fans, and then he said, but I'll be back every year to the British Open. Well, the Brits and the Scots and the people across the pond like to uh, view the Open Championship the same way that Ohio State fans view I don't know what Michigan. They don't. They block out the M uh, the week of the game. They call it TTUN, the school up north, the team up north. You know, it's apparently disrespectful to the Brits to say British Open because they think it's you know way better than the U.S. Open. I get it. You're territorial. You're provincial. Um, you know, it's like Ohio State fans with the and all that stuff. I do not think Colin Morikawa made a purposeful decision to mention that he's American and that he's biased and all that stuff uh, as an American and then throw in British Open as some kind of a shot at uh, the RNA or the people who put on the Open Championship. The kid is excited beyond belief. He's won the PGA in his first PGA start. He's now won the Open in his first Open start. Wow. Can we focus on the good instead of the bad? No, let's nitpick everything. That's just how we are these days. So 
I got to tell you, uh, I remember the first time I saw Colin Morikawa on television. It was, I think, some kind of a corn ferry event or mini minor minor tour event. Maybe during the Open, the Open Championship, when the pros were playing at Lake Tahoe, or it was someplace out west because there were a ton of pine trees. And he just amazed me with how close he hit it and how doggedly determined he was to stay on the lead. I don't know if he won that tournament. I don't think he did. But I was like, holy cow, this kid is amazing. His swing is amazing. And he's just able to summon what he needs to do when he needs to do it. So I took note of him then. And then he won, like in his sixth start on the PGA Tour. He earned his card, like in the short season at the end of the year. And uh, this guy, I'm always hesitant with a golfer to say, hey, he's the next big thing. Because I would have said it about David Duvall. I did say it about David Duvall. I thought David Duvall would be better than Tiger because I thought he was geared emotionally for golf better than Tiger was. That was a stupid comment. But David Duvall for a while was shot 59, won the Open, uh, you know, was just a machine. And then life mattered to David Duvall more than golf. And that's fine. But he kind of lost it. He very much lost it as in his edge as a pro. Uh, Rory, we would have all said, wow, Rory McIlroy, he's going to threaten Jack's record of 18 majors. Well, it's now been seven years since Rory won a major. Is Rory still an amazing player? Yeah. But has Rory allowed other things to take precedence in his life or distract him from golf or change his success or has golf gotten in his head? Golf is the most mental of sports. Anything can affect you. In fact, one of the most insidious things about golf is that your success is one of your biggest threats. A lot of guys win a big tournament, then they get all kinds of offers to play in corporate outings or change their equipment or do a bunch of interviews or become celebrities or their newfound wealth changes them. Golf is one of those things where your success is so dialed into your mental approach to the game and everything you get by being successful takes away from your mental approach to the game. Now, Tiger was able to compartmentalize that. Jack was able to compartmentalize that. Other guys have been able to compartmentalize that. But there are many guys who don't. That's why there's a long, long list of guys who've won one or two majors. Because, whew, I won a major. It elevates me to the all-time greats. And then, ah, uh, the single-mindedness, the dedication... The focus, it might wane. Freddie Couples, Paul Azinger, Steve Elkington, Tom Kite, all really good, Tom Weiskopf, all really good players, really, really good players, one major. David Duvall, one major. You know, it it happens to a lot. It's not going to happen to Colin Morikawa, <laughs> at least not one major, because now he has two. Uh, but he's going to have to battle that and his first major PGA championship came from behind yesterday he came from behind not as far from behind I said at the beginning of the day he was going to win because it just seemed to me like Louis Oosthuizen my pick pre-open was struggling a bit on Saturday kind of fought off the demons but when Louis did not birdie anything early on in the round and he had chances I thought eh, it's not gonna be Louis's day I think Louis's a wonderful guy and I don't think this is his last chance. I was dumb. Somebody said that yesterday on the telecast. All right, you don't know how many more chances he'll get. He gets a chance like every time he plays. 
because he's like always on the lead or close or top five. Uh, so Louis will win again, I think. It would be, and it will be great when he does. That'll be a great story. But Colin Markow is a story right now. Uh, this kid had how many guys can you say had more PGA Tour wins than they did miss cuts? Colin Morikawa made the first 22 cuts he could have made on the tour. He, he went 22 straight tournaments before he missed a cut. Second only to Tiger, who made 25 cuts before he missed a cut. Colin Morikawa had three top tens in his first six professional events. He won a ton of major amateur tournaments. He was a, depending on which site you look at, three or four-time All-American at Cal, I think it's pretty interesting that he did not turn pro before he played four years of college golf at Cal. He played on the Walker Cup team. He won a bunch of big amateur events. He was 4-0 in the Walker Cup, so this guy's a beast. He'll be a great asset to the U.S. Ryder Cup team this fall at Whistling Straits. He is half Chinese and half Japanese, but fully American, as he was born in uh, the United States of America. And so Colin Morikawa is a guy to keep your eye on in the Tour Championship and everything else. He's obviously got a Central Ohio tie. He won his second tournament here at the Memorial Tournament. And that weird, well, it wasn't the Memorial Tournament. It was the Workday Open the week before the Memorial Tournament, but was at Muirfield Village when he beat Justin Thomas in a playoff. When you beat Justin Thomas in a playoff, that's pretty special. And Morikawa in that one had to hit a long, was it birdie putt or par putt? after Thomas drained a long one and seemingly had won the tournament. That's what you notice about Colin Morikawa, is his ability to, as I said, summon what he needs when he needs it. Yesterday on 10 and on 15, long par putts, and in between a birdie on 14, improbable, up the hill, down the hill, side hill. He's just got the mental side right now dialed in. Again, it's fleeting. It's fickle. It can leave you. It's a vapor. You have it today, you don't have it tomorrow, but he's got it today, that's for sure. That was his fifth win, uh, even though the British Open Open Championship is not considered a PGA Tour event. That's his fifth win against like a full PGA Tour field. He's got three wins in Europe. Guy's amazing. Um, So, you know, I hope he doesn't let anything distract him. Uh, because he's very likable. I loved his reference to gratitude in his speech afterward. Look to the person next to you and say thank you. I mean, I thought that was awesome. So I Googled this morning, is Colin Morikawa a Christian? And I couldn't find anything that says he is, um, but I won't be surprised if he is. I won't be surprised if he's not either, because you know maybe he's just been raised very well by his parents and is a humble kid and... Uh, that's what's working for him. I don't know, but wow, is he special. That was some kind of tournament, some kind of performance. Uh, I was rooting for Louie. I was rooting for Spieth, but I don't mind that Morikawa won because I think he's a gentleman. I think it's important that golf uh, retain its singular status as a sport for people who are humble and contrite. That was my always my beef with Tiger was that he brought a kind of a bleacher creature mentality to golf, which I never warmed to that. I warmed to his amazing ability, but I never warmed to his manner. 
And I just would love to see the single-minded quietness and, uh, and uh, class of a Jordan Spieth, a Louis Oosthuizen, a Colin Morikawa. I would love to see that dominate the tour because we have enough sports where the loud, brash person dominates and gets all the publicity. So let's uh, keep um, gentle and humble and contrite in golf, if we can. Great, great, great for Colin Marikow. Very happy for you, that young man. All right. I'd be very happy if you would avail yourself as a business owner of the expertise of my friends at auiinfo.com. Chrissy is going to be someone that after you meet her, whether it's in person, on the phone, or via chat, you're going to say, wow, what a special person. Chrissy is a dynamo. She gets it done. She's an innovator. She's a servant. She's a helper. When I say servant, that's a compliment. That's not, I know we view now as like, oh, you're a servant, you're lower. Uh-uh. We're called to be servants by God. He served us. He, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to seek and to save those, but to serve. So when I say servant, I'm complimenting you. I need to adopt more of a servant's heart. And in fact, I'll talk about that in the faith portion of the podcast. So um, Chrissy's amazing. You're going to really thank me. She's going to help your business grow. She's going to help save your business. How? As a health insurance broker, she can order the benefits of your company such that you get more for what you're paying for than you're paying for now. She can help you become innovative in finding plans through various chambers of commerce, save you money on your chamber fees, and everything she does for you is free. Everything. Who pays Chrissy? The companies that you select from the options she gives you. So nowhere in there was there any dictating to you. She gives you options. You pick an option that you deem better for you. That company then pays auiinfo.com. So you got to remember that name. And you are not committed to anything. You are not under any contract. You are not going to pay them anything ever. HR counseling. They have a dedicated HR specialist. I can't say enough about auiinfo.com. I know we're con- we are conditioned to be suspicious of people who offer us something for nothing. But believe me, Chrissy's expertise is worth a lot, and people pay her, but you don't. So somebody's paying her, so you don't have to worry about her not getting paid. But the value is tremendous, so I can't, I can't encourage you enough. And you're not too small. If you're in business, you're not too small. You're either a group of one, sole proprietor, or you're a small business, two people, up to 50 people. AUINFO.com specializes in helping you because they're small. They have 17 employees. So there you go, auiinfo.com. All right, the college basketball transfer wars have resulted in one Big Ten star staying put and one Big Ten star leaving. And neither one of them is going to Ohio State, which is a bummer because I would love to have seen Marcus Carr, the Minnesota guard on Ohio State's roster. Marcus Carr wanted to get out of the Big Ten, kind of been there, done that attitude. So he's going to play for Chris Beard at Texas. You say, wait a minute, isn't Shaka Smart the coach at Texas? No. Shaka Smart left before he could be fired. He's now at Marquette, and Texas poached Chris Beard from Texas Tech, who had the Red Raiders in the national championship game. What was that, three years ago? Um, The year before COVID? Chris Beard's at Texas, and Chris Beard is killing it on the transfer portal. He has five transfers, all of whom averaged double figures last year. He's a very... Tough guy as a coach. We'll see if those transfers can sacrifice for each other. I wouldn't 
root, rule out Texas being a major factor because they got a guy in Marcus Carr who can beat you almost by himself, as those of us who treasure Ohio State basketball know all too well. So Marcus Carr ends up at Texas. Kofi Coburn, the largest human being I've ever personally laid eyes on, I will get to lay eyes on him again next year because he is after a dalliance, love that word, with Kentucky. Kofi Coburn is staying put at Illinois. So somebody at Illinois came through with the Dion Thomas Chevy Blazer deal for Kofi Coburn. Look that up. Google that, kids, if you don't know the reference. Uh, Dion Thomas Chevy Blazer. I promise you something will pop up about Bruce Pearl and Lou Henson and Iowa and Illinois. And Oh, it was a delicious era of Big Ten basketball. But at any rate, Kofi Coburn is going to get paid to play at Illinois because, hey, everybody's getting paid now, right? So Kofi Coburn for Kofi Coburn Protein Shakes. Kofi Coburn for the Kofi Coburn Workout Program. <laughs> Kofi Coburn for who knows what. But uh, I'm, I'm stunned he didn't end up at Kentucky. What's the matter with you, Kentucky? Your bag man on vacation not answering his cell phone? Like, nobody's been paying players longer than Kentucky, and now that you can actually pay players, you can't get Kofi Coburn? Shocker. I should tweet that and see how many hateful responses I get from Kentucky fans. Uh, I made you do that just for funny, uh, just for kicks. <laughs> but Illinois, you know, they're minor league paying players compared to Kentucky, but they must have uh, they must have hopped up to the majors now for Kofi. So he'll back a Brinks truck up to um, assorted locations in Chicago and elsewhere, and he's staying put at Illinois. So for a while, they were going to lose, like, Brad Underwood, they're going to lose a ton of talent, but they ended up losing just Io DeSumo, which that's enough because uh, that dude's a player. So Kofi's staying put. All right. Uh, Olympics begin Friday in Tokyo. Am I excited for the Olympics? Well, I'm excited because my kids are excited. And if my kids are excited to watch, then I know they'll always be watching in front of the television. And then I can sit down and I can spend more time with my kids. That's what I look forward to, spending time with my kids and having uh, topics to talk about and engage them in. I'm really excited about that part of it. I'm not excited about what appears to be a mounting um, circumstance. I'm not going to call it an issue because I'm not sure it is, but it will be made one with COVID. Oh, COVID never goes away. I heard yesterday that pandemics typically survive two, two years, so we're... Uh, halfway through our obsession with COVID and its variants and its mandates and its lockdowns and its polarization and its politization, politicization. Uh, so, yeah, we got athletes testing today. The big news is, oh, some gymnast for the U.S., not Simone Biles, tested positive for COVID or their, uh, you know, contact tracing for COVID or whatever. We've had Bradley Beals had to leave Team USA basketball because of COVID, uh, all kinds of stuff. COVID, 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 COVID. That's the reason for everything, COVID. I even read today that the Japanese, which hospitality is a big thing with Japanese, the Japanese have built cardboard beds in the Olympic Village, okay? Now, cardboard can be pretty sturdy. So, you know, you think, wow, that's a really cheap way to go about it. But do they have a reason for the cardboard beds? Yes, they do. The cardboard beds were constructed to, how shall I say this tastefully on a gospel-themed podcast? The cardboard beds were constructed to accommodate one person in a bed at a time, 
but not two people in a bed at the same time. You catching my drift there? Yes, I think you are. So uh, they're trying to keep people apart uh, to stop the spread of COVID. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'll, I'm looking forward to the track. I always look forward to the swimming. Katie Ledecky will be a big star. I don't know who our big track star is. Um, but it'll be great. Olympics are always fun. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you uh, will not have to worry about your rights being protected, whether it's in the workplace because of COVID or in an accident, personal injury, or in court, probate, wills, estate planning, if, and only if, I would say, you select Willis Spangler Starling as your attorney firm to represent you. That's what I did. That's what I've done. Willis Spangler Starling's done a great job for me as my legal representative, and they will do a great job for you because I know the people, I know the partners, I know the... uh, heart that they have for serving others. They're amazing at Willis Spangler Starling. You will not be sorry unless you don't pick them. Then you will be sorry because you'll get charged too much and you won't get represented with somebody who guards your integrity and your character and has extreme acumen, unapproached acumen in the law and views it as a way to, here's that word again, serve others, serving others. We're all gifted. God's given everybody a gift. How do we use that gift? to serve others and glorify him. Wouldn't you rather have an attorney whose call for ethics and integrity is related to their view that God is the person, the authority they ultimately answer to in life? That's the choice I've made, and I cannot highly recommend enough the attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, which is a little bit north of the Mill Run area Truman Boulevard is the road that runs right by Home Depot and Target. So it's right off of uh, what becomes Fishinger Road in Arlington and is what, Hilliard Rome Road? No, not Hilliard Rome Road. Scioto Darby Road in Hilliard. The main drag in Hilliard. Just that little offshoot there uh, at the at the curve. So check them out. Willis Spangler Starling. Or make a mental note. If I ever need an attorney, it's going to be Willis Spangler Starling online at Willis Attorneys. Com. One other sports thing. Did you see the highlight of the Mets-Pirates game yesterday? <laughs> so the Pirates have the bases loaded in the first inning. And this dude at bat hits this little dribbler, and it starts out foul. So it just bears, it's a spinner, like it's a swinging bunt. It goes maybe 20 feet, 30 feet out of the batter's box. And it bounces like two or three times foul, but it's kicking back toward fair territory. Well, the pitcher runs over to swipe it, foul, which is what you do as an infielder. If a ball is just a little bit foul, you swipe it into foul territory. So, you know, you hit it foul while it's foul, and then it stays foul, and you don't have to worry about it. So this pitcher comes over, and by the time he gets there, the ball has taken one last kick toward him, and the last bounce of the ball before he hit it with his glove and knocked it over by the stands, well, it was on the baseline, which means it's a fair ball. So he smacks it over to the stands, and the Pirates look like a, you know, a Keystone Cops movie. They're just running, 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 running. Guy on third scores. Guy on second scores. Guy on first comes all the way around and scores. So they scored three runs on a ball that went maybe 30 feet because the pitcher swiped it into foul territory, and then like a dope stood there and argued with the umpire. Oh, it's not fair. It's foul. 
No, it's fat. It's fair, and it's a live ball. You can argue later. So this this guy's an all star pitcher. I never heard of him because I don't follow baseball much anymore. He gets bounced in the first inning. He gives up six runs, and the Pirates, who are back to being dreadful again, much to my surprise, as I heard last week, hey, the Pirates are picking first in the draft. I'm like, wait a minute, are they bad again? Oh, they're horrible. And they are. They lost on a walk-off. They had a six-run lead and couldn't win the game. Wow, that's bad. So, anyway, you can check the video out. It was a little league moment, and uh, even that could not sustain the uh, mighty Buckos uh, to victory over the New York Mets. Um, with that said, let's transition into the faith portion of the podcast. And uh, what I have for you today in the faith portion of the podcast, what did I say earlier? About serving, about serving others. Yes. Uh, I am, uh, have been considering for quite some time a service opportunity. I'm going to be a little bit mm, mysterious non-specific here because um, I can tell you the full story in about two weeks. I can't tell you the full story now, and the reasons will become clear in two weeks. But I have been mulling an opportunity to serve uh, my community in a certain role that I think I'm very well-suited for. (laughs) Um, and I'm passionate about, and I'm motivated to do. It's not a service opportunity that is, ah, bummer, man, I have to do this. Uh, Will it take a lot of my time? Yes. Could it do a lot of good? Yes. Am I excited about doing it? Yes. Do I have the support of other people in doing it? Yes. But it has become clear to me in the last day that while God has not thrown up any stoplights or discouraged me in any way from doing it, in the last day, he has made clear to me that now is not the time for me to do that. Now is the time for me to support other people in doing that. And I'm not going to lie, it does uncomplicate some other areas of my life. So it's not like I'm sitting here like super, super bummed, but it takes in me a lot of trust in others to do what I was 100% convinced I was very well equipped to do. And I was sitting down today to... uh, study my Bible in advance of the podcast. And as I, as I always try to do, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today for the nice people who listen to my podcast? And the word that came to my mind was ego. Ego, which I thought was interesting. And so I thought, okay, how would I define ego? And I I thought ego is equal parts pride and arrogance. And then I thought, ah, there's another part to ego. Ego is self-sufficiency. My ego is something that is prideful, is something that is arrogant, And it is something that I, in my ego, think, I can do that. I can do that. 
I'm, I'm equipped to do that. I have the ability to do that. I'm uniquely suited for that. So I think if I were going to make ego in a blender, I'd put in equal parts pride, arrogance, and self-sufficiency. And then I thought about those three ingredients and God's view of those three ingredients. Well, I know there's a verse in Proverbs because it's in my head. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. There's another verse in Proverbs. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. And the very first one on the list is haughty eyes, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. We don't use the word haughty very often, but haughty is prideful. Haughty eyes. Another thing, a lying tongue. That's also in that verse. So, all right, so if God hates pride and arrogance, so those are the first two ingredients in ego. What about the third ingredient in ego? How does he feel about self-sufficiency? Well, my friend Bruce Triplehorn, who does a phenomenal job teaching about the Holy Spirit, said something uh, more than a year ago in a Sunday school class that I was privileged to be a part of and hear Bruce teach about faith. And he said, uh, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is self-sufficiency. We are called to live by faith, right? The righteous will live by faith. Abraham believed, that's faith, and it was counted to him, credited to him as righteousness. His belief in God doing what God said he would do for Abraham was Abraham's faith, and that's what, so God was like, Abraham, you're a righteous man because you believe what I tell you, faith. The opposite of faith is, I don't need you, God. I can do it myself. I got it. Don't worry, I'll take care of this one. No, I don't need you. I'm good. So the opposite of faith is self-sufficiency. Well, if we're called to live by faith, what would God's view of self-sufficiency be? He'd hate that too. So I realized If God hates pride and arrogance and God hates self-sufficiency, doesn't give me any option that he would hate, that he would enjoy or (laughs) tolerate anything about my ego. Because if you hate all the ingredients of something, you're going to hate the something, right? It's not like you can take uh, bad ingredients, rotten eggs, um, and, uh, you know, uh, corrupted baking powder, uh, a cake mix past the freshness date, uh, sugar that's moldy, and put all of that into the oven and bake a cake and have the cake taste good. No, it wouldn't. If the ingredients are corrupted, the product of the ingredients is going to be corrupted. So if God hates pride and arrogance and God hates self-sufficiency, and pride, arrogance, and self-sufficiency are what I think would go into ego, then it's pretty conf- pretty sure that God hates ego. So my ego was telling me I'd be great at this role of serving. Like it's a good thing serving. I, there's nothing wrong with this role that I wanted to uh, adopt to serve others. But God is telling me right now, hey, Bruce, you can be best accomplish my purpose in this servant opportunity by helping 
the other people who are going to do what you wanted to do by equipping them, um, supporting them, um, lifting them up, placing them ahead of you by serving them. You wanted to do this role, Bruce, so you could serve others. And I appreciate that. I can imagine this is the conversation God would have with me. I appreciate that you want to serve, Bruce, and I want you to serve. I just want you to serve out of the spotlight. Out of the spotlight. I don't want you I don't want the spotlight on you. I want the spotlight on somebody else. And I could have said to him, "Well, yeah, but I'm really good at this." And he would say, "Yeah, you might be really good at it, but it's not what I have for you right now." And I kind of see that in another area of my life. This Thursday, I'm starting uh, a new position, a bit outside my comfort zone. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it, um, where I'm helping someone else do a podcast. Now, I'm really comfortable on this side of the microphone, talking to you, putting content together, making all the transitions, doing the live reads. I'm very comfortable with that. It's easy for me to do that, relatively so. It's not easy for me to be behind the scenes and do the supporting, less glorifying stuff on a podcast. That's a stretch for me. The production part, the compilation part, the editing part, that's not something I am good at. It's something that's outside my comfort zone. But I have learned over the years that when God asks me to do something outside of my comfort zone, he is giving me the opportunity to do it so that later on down the road I'll go, ah, I wouldn't be ready for this if I hadn't had to do that before. That thing I wasn't comfortable doing, but I was like, okay, Lord, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. That thing allowed me to be ready to do this next thing that I now see God's wisdom in. So I think we all, as I've said before, have a path God wants us to follow. God does not put us on that path. God makes that path available to us, but he allows us to choose it or not to choose it. Now, I also believe that if we don't choose it, he doesn't say, well, okay, he didn't choose it. Opportunity over. I think what he does is he says, hmm, all right, you didn't catch my message there on that path I wanted you to choose. I'm going to let you run into a little adversity. I'm going to let you run into a little discomfort. I'm going to let you be overwhelmed by trials, tribulation, pain. And I think God, if he really wants to accomplish that purpose in our life, if he really wants us on that path, he has a way of moving us or of (laughs) getting our attention. You know, you can get someone's attention by snapping your fingers. You can get someone's attention by calling their name. You can get someone's attention by tapping them on the shoulder. And you can also get someone's attention by 
shoving them. They don't have to pay attention to you. They could choose to ignore all of those things. But you have an avenue of escalation available to you when you're trying to get someone's attention. God has many avenues of escalation available to him when he's trying to get your attention. Would you like to spend three days in the belly of a whale? I wouldn't. But that's what it took for Jonah to say, all right, I'll go to Nineveh. (laughs) So uh, I would rather just go than spend three days in the stinky, smelly, dark belly of a whale. And so I'm sort of intrigued and thankful that God has chosen to give me this clarity up front about the fact that he's preparing me for something else down the road that will make sense to me. I believe firmly, my friend Jason, who says life is lived forward and understood in reverse, um, I'm going to serve in these two supporting roles because I'm intrigued and, yes, even excited to know what intermediate step this is for God to prepare me uh, for something I cannot yet identify down the road. So that is what I have for you today in the faith portion of the podcast. I hope it helps you make sense of some circumstance in your life. I hope it um, encourages you to not try to be self-sufficient, to not allow your ego to run away with you, your pride, your arrogance, your self-sufficiency. And I would appreciate some feedback on this content if you would care to share it. We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. You can, of course, leave a five-star review at iTunes. I would appreciate that very much because it does help us grow the podcast. I would appreciate it if you'd tell your friends about the podcast and have them become subscribers too. So thank you for your time and attention this morning. Hope you have a great start to your week. I'll talk to you again on Wednesday here on the We Tackle Life podcast.